Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worf. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Uh, I want to encourage us to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we're going to be uh, lingering again today on verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Uh, as you're turning there, I want to remind you that directly after this service, we have membership seminar. So if you've been coming to church for a couple months now, you want to explore what it means to be a member of Chapel of Change, I encourage you to attend. Uh, you could get with Pastor Irene after service. Remember, uh, you don't have to become a member, but it's just good to know what it means to become a member. Uh, but I highly, highly believe that every Christian should be rooted in a local church uh, that is filled with the Spirit of the Lord, that teaches the Bible, and that is impacting the world with the gospel. So check it out, see what the Lord would have you to do, and, and be a part of what God is doing here at Chapel of Change. Well, we are continuing our study on the weekends on the I Am Statements of Jesus Christ. A couple weeks ago, I introduced you to this study, and we learned that Jesus made seven I Am Statements that reveal who He is. Remember we learned, He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He, he said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the door. Uh, he said, I am the good shepherd. And we are learning more about who Jesus is because our prayer in these next several weeks is to fall deeper in love with Jesus. Amen. We want to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. Now, remember our big idea as we study the word on the weekends for this series is that as we grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is, we also grow our confidence in what he said he will do. So the more you understand who Jesus is, the more you get a revelation of who he really is, the more your confidence, the more your faith grows in what he said he will do in your life. Now remember, Jesus has made many I will statements that describe what he wants to do in your life. He said, I will give you rest. He said, I will uh, give you what you ask in my name. He said, I will keep you. And over and over again, he says, I will do this. I will do that. And the way that we experience them promises is through our faith. Faith helps you to experience the promises of God, but the way you increase your faith is by learning who Jesus is. Is. Are you following along? So our goal is to learn more about who Jesus is. And today, I want to bring us back to John chapter 8, verse 12. I want to linger on this verse a little longer. And I want to remind you 
that at the time of John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus is standing in the Jewish temple during the party of the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember, we learned last week that the Feast of the Tabernacles was a celebration to commemorate God leading the children of Israel through the wilderness by the presence of His light. Remember, we reminded ourselves last week that after the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, they spent 40 years in the desert, but thanks be to God, He did not leave them in the desert. Thanks be to God, He did not forsake them in the desert, but he led them by the presence of his light. And so subsequently to that, the Jewish people uh, enacted the Feast of Tabernacles every year to remind them of what God did in their life. Are you following along? And so it's during the Feast of the Tabernacles that they have the ceremony called the Illumination of the Temple. And this is when they would set on fire various kind of poles in the temple. And I believe we have a picture, I believe, that we want to show you, remind you of what the temple would have looked like when they had the poles lit up in the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles. And at this time, the temple became a flashy diamond to the community. It became a flashy diamond to the community, and it reminded them of God. The light reminded the people of God. And many scholars believe that it's during this time that Jesus stands up and he captures this powerful moment to point to who he is. Scholars believe that it's during the illumination of the temple in the midst of the light, in the midst of the fire, when there's thousands of Jewish people in the temple that Jesus stood up and he captured this moment to point to who he is. And he said in John chapter 8, verse 12, he stood up in the midst of the lights and he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. So in the midst of this ceremony, the Jewish peoples are looking on, and he makes this stunning revelation of who he is, and it shocks the leaders. It shocks the leaders because they know what he means. They know what he's pointing to. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What does he mean by this statement? What did he try to get across by this statement? I brought this statement up before you last Sunday, and we learned some of the things that he meant by this statement. We learned that this statement means that Jesus is God in the flesh. When he said, I am the light of the world, remember we learned that God is light. 
Uh, we also learned that this statement means that Jesus is the Christ. Remember, we learned that uh, since the fall of mankind, God promised that one day the Messiah, the Christ, would come and redeem the world and make all things right and bring salvation to the world. And by Jesus standing up and saying, I am the light of the world, he was declaring to the Jewish people and to you and I today that he was the promised Messiah, the promised Christ, the promised anointed king to come to make all things right remember we learned that last week if you didn't uh if you weren't here you can go on our youtube page and catch up we learned that to follow jesus is to possess jesus to follow jesus is to possess jesus when you follow jesus you possess him as your own when you follow jesus you possess him as your good shepherd as you follow jesus you possess him as your savior you possess him as your healer to follow jesus is to possess jesus remember we learned that last week well i want to bring this statement back before us this morning and I want to give us some more understanding of what Jesus meant by this statement. Are you ready to learn this morning? The first thing that Jesus meant by this statement is it's either Jesus or darkness. When he stands up and he says, I am the light I am the light, I am the light. He is communicating that there is no other light in this world. There's no other light than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's making an exclusive statement. He's drawing a line in the sand. He is saying it's either me or it's darkness. There's no in between. It's either Jesus or darkness. Now, this is an exclusive statement right here. This is a line in the sand that he's drawing. And Jesus was not afraid to draw a line in the sand. He was not afraid to make exclusive statements. It reminds me, remember he said, you're either for me or you're against me. There's no in-betweens. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. It don't work that way. You think it is, but it does not work that way. Remember Jesus said, you're either hot or you're cold. There's no in between. Jesus was not afraid to make exclusive statements where he draws a line in the sand. And here in the midst of the Jewish leaders, in the midst of the temple, he is declaring that it's either Jesus or darkness. There is no third alternative. If you don't live for Jesus, you're living in darkness. Jesus said, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. In other words, if you don't walk with Jesus, you're walking in darkness. There is no other option. So let's think about that for a moment. What does darkness symbolize in the Bible? In the Bible, darkness symbolizes lostness. It symbolizes blindness. It symbolizes death. It symbolizes misery. It symbolizes wickedness. It symbolizes anger. It symbolizes hatred. What does darkness symbolize in the Bible? Lostness, blindness, death 
misery, wickedness, anger, hatred. In fact, Jesus said in John 12, verse 35, he says, the one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. That's lostness right there. That's blindness right there. And you know, you know you're walking in the dark when you always stub your toe. You know you're walking in the dark when you always stumble and fall. You know you're walking in the dark when you always hit a brick wall with your life. Like, what are the signs? What, what are the red flags that I'm walking in darkness? Here they are. You keep stumbling down. You keep going in circles. You keep uh, 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 hitting your feet or your toe. Uh, you keep hitting your life with, into a brick wall. Those are signs that we are walking in darkness. In fact, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 19 says, The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. They don't know. They can't see. So it's either Jesus or lostness. It's either Jesus or darkness. It's either Jesus or misery. It's fascinating that Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 13, he described hell as outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. He describes hell as outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. And how many of you know if, if, if Satan cannot keep you from hell, then what he tries to do is get you to live in hell on earth. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he cannot keep you from hell because you repented from your sins and because you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and because you surrendered to the Lord, the next thing he tries to do is get you to live in hell on earth with weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we must acknowledge, we've got to acknowledge the hard truth that we live on a planet that is spiritually dark. We live on a planet that is spiritually dark. We must admit that, that creation right now is filled or dominated by spiritual darkness. We live in a world that is being dominated by spiritual darkness. This is because of the, you know, the actions of Satan. It's because of the actions of his demons. It's because of the fall of man into sin. In fact, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the uh, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Listen, we got to talk like family every once in a while. Remind ourselves that we are surrounded by darkness. We are surrounded by darkness. And listen, it's either Jesus or darkness. There is no in-between. You cannot be half dark and half light. You cannot be half dark and half light. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Light and darkness cannot share together. So when Jesus says, I am the light, he is teaching us that it's either him or darkness. 
Secondly, he is teaching us that the world was made for Jesus' light. The world was made for Jesus' light. Let me call your attention to another emphasis. He says, I am the light of the world. Emphasis. Of the world. <clears throat> of the world. In other words, the world was made for Jesus' light. Creation was made for this light to feel it. The world and everything in it were made to be illuminated by the light of Christ. That's what he means when he says, I am the light of the world. The world was made for Jesus' light. In fact, from the very beginning of creation, when you go back to the very beginning of time on earth, you do not wait very long until light comes on the scene. God intended for this world to be filled with his light. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. The third verse of the Bible. You don't get too far into creation until God says, They need or the world needs my light. Notice, for the sake of our study, it says, God said, let there be light. It says, God said, let there be light. You know why? Because when he opened up his mouth, what was inside of him came out of him. God said, let there be light. You know why it says that? Because light is what's inside of God. It says, God said, let there be light. Because when he opened up his mouth, what was inside of him, what he is, came out. And the Bible says, God is light. And what else is fascinating is that before this verse, in verse 2, without the light, it says, the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep so notice the description without the light formless empty and dark formless empty and dark and so god's light filled the earth without the light of Christ filling our life, our life remains formless, empty, and dark. Without the light of Christ shining on us, our marriages remain formless, empty, and dark. Without the light of Christ shining on our family, we remain formless, empty, and dark. And so when you live in Jesus's light it fills your life and does wonderful things when you live in Jesus's light it fills your life just like the light of God filled the earth God wants to fill your life and when you allow the light to fill your life 
It does wonderful things in your life. Let me remind you of a couple of things. One, Jesus' light exposes sin in our life. Jesus' light exposes sin in our life. God's light makes sin plain. God's light makes sin plain. Can we talk like family this morning? All of us have blind spots in our life where we think is okay, but is not okay in the eyes of God. We live in a contaminated world. We are surrounded by darkness, so no doubt from time to time, someone leaves the window open and the darkness comes into our life. And the thing about the darkness, it, it, it deceives us into thinking that everything is okay. And so we need the light to shine in our life. And to identify things that should not be there so that God can cut them out of our life through repentance and obedience and surrender. That's why you never run from the light. You never run from the light. You allow the light to give you a spiritual x-ray so that God can heal you and strengthen you and get you back on track for his purpose for your life. Someone shout amen. So the Bible says that you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins. Someone say, ouch. That's some secret sins. Our secret sins in the light of your presence. That, them, them things ain't nobody knows but you and God. And how do them secret sins come out? They come out by allowing the light of Christ to pierce through our hearts and expose them. And remember, never forget that God doesn't reveal your sin to condemn you, but he reveals your sin to cleanse you so you can come to the altar and receive mercy and grace in time of need. Someone shout amen. amen. Jesus' light empowers us to see clearly, to see clearly in Ephesians 5.13. It says, but all things are exposed, are made manifest by the light. So God's light empowers us to see everything the way we should see it. Are you following along? God's light empowers us to see everything the way that we should see them without god's light our vision is marred and it's it's cloudy without god's light our vision is muddy without god's light you don't see anything the way that you should see it without jesus being your light you will continue to stumble and fall because you will not see the traps that the enemy are placing in front of you. God's light empowers you to see if a certain relationship is meant for you. You say, God's light empowers you to see if a certain career is meant for you. God's light empowers you to see if a certain opportunity is meant for you. Not 
all opportunities come from God. There are good opportunities, and then there are God opportunities. And when you allow Jesus to be your light, you'll be able to see what's from God and what's a trick from the enemy to move you away from the things of God. So Jesus wants to be the light by which you see everything. And let me encourage someone today. Nothing is seen the same when you allow Jesus to be your light. Nothing is seen the same when you allow Jesus to be your light. Everything takes on a totally different meaning because Jesus has become your light. Everything. You will not see life differently or you will see life differently. You will see death differently. You will see valleys differently. You'll see hills differently. You'll see people differently. You'll see trials differently, temptations differently. Everything looks different when you allow Jesus to be the light of your life. Someone shout amen. Jesus' light also heals our souls. It heals our souls. Jesus went on to say, He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Someone say life. Life represents healing, represents strength. Life speaks of restoration. Uh, life speaks of salvation. And, you know, life has a way of, as you live your life, it has a way of bruising us sometimes. As you live life, uh, life has a way of hurting us sometimes. People uh, hurt, hurt us. Uh, expectations don't happen the way uh, that we expect them to happen. And sometimes living life on earth bruises us on the inside. And you know that you're bruised when you digress from life instead of progressing in life. You know that you are bruised when you shrink back from life instead of diving into life. You know that you are bruised when you don't trust nobody no more. You know that you are bruised when you live a paranoid lifestyle. But I want to encourage somebody today, the light of Jesus can heal your soul. The light of Jesus can heal your mind. Christians have medicine in the spirit and it's called the light of Christ and as we soak in the light of Christ our spirit is stronger when we gather for worship we soak in the light of Christ and we grow stronger and stronger every time we gather for worship we're soaking our souls in the light of Christ every time we gather to pray we are soaking our souls in the light of of Christ. Every time we gather uh, to study God's word, we are soaking our souls in the light of Christ. In fact, I would argue that every Sunday we gather together and we open up the Bible and someone preaches or teaches the Bible, I would argue that in the spiritual realm, there is the light of Christ that is shining upon your soul, that is beaming into your mind, and it is strengthening you and blessing blossoming you and this is one of the reasons why you 
walk away from church stronger than you did when you came in. Because you've been soaking in the light of Christ. Now the last uh, big reflection I have for us this morning is when you follow the light, you become a light. When you follow the light, you become a light. So in verse 12, Jesus says, He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So if you follow Jesus, you're going to possess the light of Jesus. Are you following along? And so we learned already that we live in a spiritually dark world. We learned already that we are surrounded by darkness. In fact, some will say that we live in the darkest hour of humanity. Some will argue that you right now are living in the darkest hour of humanity. So when you think of the darkness, you got to ask yourself, what is God's plan to deal with the darkness in the world today. What is his plan? How has God designed his strategy to deal with the darkness in this world? Here's the answer that I would suggest, I would argue. Here's the answer. You know what God's plan is for the darkness in this world? You know how he plans to dispel the darkness in the world? It is through us followers of Jesus Christ those who name the name of Jesus those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ we are God's plan to dispel the darkness in your work you are God's plan to dispel the darkness at your school you are God's plan to dispel the darkness in your home you are God's plan to dispel the darkness I'm amazed that many times through the years people say Brian pray for me Pray for my work because it's so dark at my work and it's just so dark. Please pray that God does something with the darkness. By and large, I'll say, I know the answer. I know the answer. Here's the answer. What's the answer, Brian? Pray that God does something with the darkness. Here's the answer. You are the answer. You're the answer to the darkness at your work. You're the answer to the darkness at your school. You're the answer to the darkness in society. Stop getting mad at the darkness and start shining as the light of Christ. You're someone's answered prayer. So listen, my brothers and sisters. This I am statement, I am the light of the world. It is the only I am statement that Jesus shares with you and I. It is the only I am statement that Jesus shares with you and I. Remember, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Guess what? You will never be the bread of life. Jesus exclusively is the bread of life. 
Remember, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Well, guess what? You will never be the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. But this I am statement, I am the light, is the only one that Jesus gives us the honor. He gives us the privilege. He gives us the blessing to becoming. It's an honor to be able to identify with Jesus. It's an honor to be able to, to be one with Jesus. See, when you encounter the light, he empowers you to become a light. When you have an encounter with the light, i.e. Jesus Christ, and you surrender to him, and you repent from your sins, he empowers you to be a light in this world. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, he says, you are the light of the world. What? You just said you're the light of the world. Yeah, I am the light. But now that you're following me, I'm giving you power to become a light in your community, in your home. And by the way, the word light here in the scripture means photo. We get our English word photo from this word light. You know what that means? That every born again believer is to be a photo of Jesus in this world. You are to reflect the image of Jesus in this world. You are to be a photo of Jesus at your work. Ain't supposed to be no CIA agents. Ain't no secret service uh, 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 in the kingdom of God. You're supposed to be a photo of Jesus at your work. I, I should be able to go to your work and say, hey, do you know them people over there are Christian? They're, what, what, who's, who's that? I should be able to say, oh yeah, we know that they're, there's something different about them. I can't explain it, but there's something different on there. You know what it is? You're a photo of Jesus in, in this world. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, you are children of the light. You are children of the light. So God, he passes his light through us to the world. God passes his light through us to the world. In, in all reality, here's what, here's what it is in all reality. Jesus is the sun, S-U-N, and we are the moon. You remember you learned in junior high that the moon has no light of itself. The moon actually reflects the light from the sun. So at night when you see the moon shining, that light does not come from the moon itself. It comes from reflecting the light of the sun. Are you following along? So Jesus is the sun, S-U-N. We are the moons where we are to reflect his light back into the world. The only time the moon does not reflect the light of the sun is during an eclipse. And you remember in junior high, those that did not ditch school that day, that an eclipse is when the world comes in between the sun and the moon. <gasps> what? Some of y'all didn't get that. Let me, let me say it. Well, I'm going to say it over here. The only time the moon does not reflect the rays of the sun is during an eclipse. An eclipse happens when the world gets in between the sun 
and the moon. Whenever that world gets in between the sun and the moon, it stops the moon from reflecting the light of the sun. I wonder how many Christians have stopped reflecting the light of the sun, S-O-N, because they allowed the world to get in between them. I wonder how many Christians have stopped shining because they allowed the world to get in between them and the Son, i.e. Jesus Christ. I wonder how many Christians have allowed the cares of this world, the worries of this world, the anxiety of this world, the material things of this world to get in between them and the Son, and now they're no longer shining. I wonder how many of us have allowed the world Get in between us. The call to follow Jesus is the call to shine for Jesus. The call to follow Jesus is the call to shine for Jesus. And we shine for Jesus by living a holy lifestyle. We shine for Jesus by living a generous lifestyle. We shine for Jesus uh, by, 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 by living a lifestyle according to the truth. We shine for Jesus by living a repentive lifestyle. We shine for Jesus by living a lifestyle filled with good works. So listen, good works do not save you, but if you experience salvation, your salvation will produce good works in your life. And as you do those good works you will shine bright like a diamond you will shine bright like a diamond so how does God shine his light on someone like how does he do that like think about it how does God shine his light on someone there's seven billion people in this world right now and there's billions of people living in darkness Billions of people, and the Bible says, uh, actually, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, it says, the people who sat in, in darkness have seen a great light. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. It reminds me of my story. It reminds me of my story of literally sitting in darkness. There's billions of people that are sitting in in darkness right now they're all around us they're at your work they're at your school and do not be deceived by material things you don't know how many big homes that i've been to and i've met families with big homes that are still living in darkness billions of people sitting in darkness reminds me of my own experience of when i was sitting in that prison cell and sitting in darkness. I, I have a picture, I think, of, 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 a, of, a, of a cell that reminded me. This is a picture, not of me, but it reminds me of, of how I was as a teenager uh, in that cell. And I was crunched over like that little boy because the darkness was killing me. The darkness was taking away my strength and taking away my destiny because the darkness is misery. The darkness is hatred. And it comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I was sitting in the darkness of the cell, just like the Bible says, people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. How does God shine his light? 
How did God shine his light on me? Did it do it through a mystical kind of ray that came from heaven? Did, did, did the heavens open up and I see a vision of the light of Christ? No, that's not how God shined his light on me. It was through a follower of Jesus Christ who decided to follow the light that was inside of him, who decided to embrace the light of Christ, and he was not afraid to invade the darkness of this world. And it was through an individual like you and me this particular individual was an elderly man an elderly caucasian man he wasn't even older he wasn't even an ex-gang member he wasn't even an ex-drug addict he had no tattoos on his body but he had the light of the gospel pumping through his heart and he came to my cell as i was sitting like that you guys heard my story i was sitting like that and he came to my cell and he shined the light of christ in my soul for 30 years by the grace of God I've been shining the light For 30 years by the grace of God that light has not gone out for 30 years by the grace of God the Lord has impacted many many people through the light that he ignited in my spirit I don't know where you're at today in relation to the light of Christ Maybe you've had an eclipse. Maybe you've been in an eclipse and you stopped shining. God wants to give you an opportunity to shine bright like a diamond again. He wants to give you another opportunity for him to pass his light through you. And the, and the good thing about the light of Christ is that as it goes through you to bless someone else, it also blesses you. As it goes through you to heal someone else, it heals you. As it goes through your life to strengthen someone else, it strengthens you. You become a beneficiary of the light. But you got to remove the eclipse. You got to allow God to remove the things of the world that have been a bushel on top of your light. God wants to remove whatever is causing you an eclipse. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want us to think about what God was getting across through his word this morning. What was God saying this morning to you? Maybe you've been experiencing a clip, an eclipse, but today you want to get right with the light. A life lived for Christ will shine for Christ. A life lived for Christ shines for Christ. Let's bow our heads. Everybody remain in the atmosphere of prayer and honor and, and, and reverence to the presence of God. Think about what God was trying to get across to you. Hallelujah, Lord. and every eye closed. Maybe there's someone in the house today that is not right with God. Maybe you've been experiencing an eclipse. The concerns of the world are blocking you. Anxieties of the world are blocking you. 
But today you want to get right with God. Today you want to repent and remove the obstacle. I want you to think about if that's you. Because in a moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's grace and His mercy. He wants you to shine. He wants to shine through you, but you have allowed too many things of this world to eclipse Him from you. If there's anybody in the house today that needs to get right with God by repenting, and surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to lead you in a prayer. I'll give you an opportunity to respond to God. If that's you, I want to ask that you just stand up on your feet where you're at right now, and I'll lead you in a prayer. If you need to get right with God, stand up on your feet right now, and I will lead you in a prayer and pray for you. I see you. The call to follow Jesus is the call to shine for Jesus. The call to follow Jesus is the call to shine for Jesus. We'll wait a couple more moments. For those of you who stood up, there are some of you that God is saying that this moment, by you responding to the light of Christ, that the Lord is beginning to heal your bruised soul, that God is initiating the healing of your bruised soul, that you will no longer be a fractured flower but you will grow stronger and stronger and stronger and the more you soak in the light the more strength you'll get I sense the Lord put it in my heart for somebody here that you got to take more steps toward the light Sunday exposure to the light for you to get your complete healing your complete restoration is not going to be sufficient you need to jump into the light you need to dive into the light i sense god sharing with somebody in the house today that you have been getting the light on sundays and that has been good it has strengthened you, but now it's time for you to dive into the light. It's time for the light to engulf you. And the more you dive into the light, the more healing you'll get, the more strength you'll get, the more you hold back from the light, the more you're going to impede your healing. And so, what does that mean? Well, for everybody is different but I can tell you some of the things it means that you need to start reading your Bible more expose yourself to the light of God's Word 
You got to read the Bible before you go to work in the morning. You got to pray before you go to work in the morning. For some of you, it means you need to join the community of light here. You need to get around sisters and brothers who are shining for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the light that is reflecting upon all of us is going to heal all of us. We are stronger together. We are more powerful together. And you have been isolating yourself. And you have been isolating yourself. But your strength is in the community of light. So I encourage everyone here to take the next step forward, whatever that is for your, for your walk. For those of you who stood up, I want to lead you in a simple prayer, and then I'm going to pray for you. Just from your heart, say this prayer with me. Lord God, I am sorry. I messed up. I have allowed the world to block me. I have allowed the world to eclipse me. Today, I repent for my sins. Help me, Lord, to identify those things that are stopping me from shining. Help me, Lord, to stand up against them. Help me, Lord, to follow you, to obey you. Help me, Lord, to dive into the light to not hold back. I surrender, Jesus. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Let me pray for everybody who stood up. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for your children, Lord, who stood up. And I thank you, Lord, for their transparency to stand and say, Lord, something's been blocking my shine. Father, I pray that you strengthen them to shine. I pray that you strengthen them to deal with the blockers of their shine, Father God. I pray that you help them, Lord God. I pray that you draw them closer to you. I pray that you help them not to hold back, but to dive into the light. Give them the strength, Lord, to dive into the light. I pray for them, Father, that they may shine for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everyone says, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. If you surrendered your life to the Lord today for the first time or rededicated your life to the Lord, we want to invite you to be part of the family of God here at Chapel of Change. Uh, there are many different groups that you could be a part of. Uh, also, we worship here on Thursday nights. Uh, we praise God here, pray here. We have children's ministry here on Thursday night. We have youth ministry here on Thursday night. I really want to encourage you to take your next step deeper into the light and come on a Thursday night. Get to know us more. Get connected with us more so that God can shine brighter in your life. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. At this time, I want to welcome Pastor Raymond to lead us in our tithes and our offerings. Come on, Pastor Raymond.
Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise for that powerful word. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Hallelujah. For those who have just given their lives to the Lord, uh, see Pastor Irene right here. Raise your hand, Pastor Irene. She wants to get your information. She wants to plug you in so that you can take steps closer to the Lord. Amen. At this time, like I said, we're transitioning to uh, our tithes and offerings portion of the service. And I got a scripture right here out of Luke 21, 1 through 4. It reads, And he looked up and saw the rich putting in their gifts in the treasury. And he saw a woman, a widow, putting in two mites. And he said this, Jesus, he said, Truly I say to you that this woman... This widow has put more than all of them. For out of, because they, they, they gave out of their abundance, but this woman gave out of her poverty. And, uh, and, and here at Chapel of Change, we believe in not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. We, we, we believe that people are making uh, money or being provided by God at different levels. And as we see in the scripture right here, God received um, the offering of the widow. Uh, she gave everything. I'm not trying to say to, to go out there and empty your bank accounts or anything like that and bring it to the church, but um, just give that sacrifice, right? Give that sacrifice just like the example of the widow. As the ushers come forward, I have some announcements to make. Are there any men in the house? Any men in the house? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. All right. Well, any men in the house, we want to just come and we're offering right here at the Carson campus next Saturday. We're getting together. We're having a breakfast. We're going to have a powerful time in the Lord. Pastor, our very own Pastor Martin is going to be bringing the word. Let's give it up. Hallelujah. We're going to have a, a testimony from our own, very own brother Ross as well. So come out this Saturday at 9 a.m. at our Carson campus. See Nilo. Is Nilo here? Uh, Nilo. Oh, right here. See Nilo. He has all the information. Oh, right. Uh, see him. He, you know, it, the, the Lord is moving right now in the King's men, in, in the men's ministry. Praise the Lord to God's glory. So come out. Be a part of that. Ladies, loose your, your husbands and let them free to go to the to the Carson campus this Saturday. Also, we have memberships uh, seminar today in between the service. See uh, Pastor Vaughn and, and Martin, if you guys could raise your hands for any information. If you guys want to explore that option of becoming a member as well. Uh, we also have May 10th starting the School of Prayer with our very own Pastor Laura at our Carson campus. So come out and just you want to grow deeper i believe all these messages are, are kind of designed for us to increase uh distance between us and god and just grow in his love so also is there any mothers in the house mother's day coming up mother's day coming up that'll be may 14th mother's day celebration we're gonna have a special anointing over all the mothers i believe we're gonna have some you know kids gonna be making gifts uh, we're going to have a, a few other things to bless the mothers. I'm thankful for the mothers. Who's thankful for mothers in the house? Also, towards the end of the month, May 27th, is our Women's Abide. Do we have any women in the house? Man, God is good. God is good. Praise the Lord for, for women of the Lord as well. 
So I'm going to pray for the offering. I'm going to release the ushers, and I'm going to come back for a blessing. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the ability to give. And we thank you for this powerful piece of scripture, God, that, that you just see our hearts when we give. You know, we, you know, uh, God, uh, as we release it unto you, Lord, uh, let it just be pleasing to you. Uh, let, it, let it be acceptable to you, Lord, because, Lord, we want to add to your kingdom. We want to invest in your kingdom because we are recipients as well. We want others to experience that, God. So we thank you for the opportunity to partner with you. So, God, we want to be, we also want to give you the glory through this. We want to give you the honor and the praise. And all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, ushers, you are released. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet for the blessing of the Lord. In the name of the Father who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten Son that we may live with him forever. And the name of the Son who came down to earth uh, on an assignment in obedience unto death so that we can live. And the name of the Holy Spirit who continues just to shine through us here and, and give us opportunities to be that reflection of the Lord to others, God. May you bless your people with the protection and the covering and your love, God. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.